This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Here's your host, Alex Nottingham. Welcome to Dental All-Stars. The title of this podcast is Back Up, Back Up, and Back Up Again. Our guest is Dr. Lauren Levine, and he's a digital dentist. Dr. Lauren Levine is a digital dentist, a former periodontist turned cybersecurity, IT, and HIPAA expert for dental offices. Dr. Levine lectures and educates globally to keep dentistry safe from all the various cyber threats. Please welcome Dr. Levine. Thanks, Alex. Pleasure to be back here and looking forward to speaking with you today. All right. I'm going to get right down to it. So I'm going to tell you a story. This was conveyed to me by Heather, so I'm paraphrasing. And she goes into much greater detail, but this is a true story, and I'm sure you've heard it thousands of times. But apparent, and I was surprised because considering the climate out there, and I think everybody is protected with their backup systems. We're going to talk about this, or they're working with you. But this office got flooded. Okay, the entire first floor where they were at was flooded. All their computer systems damaged. All their charts gone. And their entire patient records gone. And I said to Heather, well, it's not a problem because it would be backed up. Apparently not. It was all backed up locally. Well, I said, wouldn't it be online? Nope. That, that's crazy nowadays. And maybe i am just been talking to you for so long, I assumed everybody's doing this. But that's unreal. They got flooded. They lost, I mean, I get paper system, but they have a... Practice management system, PMS. I guess they had local backup, but no online backup, offsite backup. So, what happened there? Does this still happen? Uh, what's going on? This is crazy. Yeah, we, we just had a, a potential new client call us last Monday. Um, they, uh, they could open up Dentrix on their workstations, but they couldn't, for some reason, it, just, it wasn't opening it up. Like they could get into the program, but it wasn't opening up the data file at all. And they called us up that uh, we actually do work with their next door neighbor. So uh, we logged on and they were hit with ransomware. The, there was a pop-up mm-hmm. right on the screen that, on the server, not on the workstations. Normally it's on the workstations that told them it had been hit by ransomware. And we go to look at their backup and they hadn't checked their backup in about three years. They definitely didn't have something that was offsite. It was just local. So they're dead in the water. I mean, I told them, you know, we hardly ever recommend paying the ransom because you should have systems in place to prevent that. But in that particular case, I told them, listen, pay the ransom. It's your best bet. The statistics, unfortunately, are pretty scary because what we have found is that typically, you know, national average, when you pay the ransom, you typically get between 67 to 69% of your data restored. It's rare that you get all 100%. So in this particular case where it's a practice management software, a lot of times that's a single file. It's a .dat file, for example. If that is one of the files that, you know, even after paying the ransom that they couldn't restore, you're SOL. There's, there's literally nothing you can do at, at that point. So, yes, we unfortunately see a lot of people that in this age of ransomware and natural disasters and all the other things that can go wrong really don't have a proper backup system in, in place. And, you know, we, we certainly obviously recommend that people take another look at it if, if they haven't looked at it in a while, because how you do your backup, 
there's all kinds of rules and regulations from a HIPAA standpoint and from a common sense standpoint as well as far as what you should be doing to protect yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. I, I remember I got hit with ransomware about six, seven years ago, and I have all my backups locally. And fortunately, I had them online as well. Multiple redundancies. I think I, I spoke to you about this issue. Mm-hmm. And all the local backup drives were killed too. I mean, it not only hit the system, but it found where your backup drives were. Oh, yeah. And locally. And it it infected the local backup drives or the right in the in the office. But thank thank goodness I backed that up because I heard you talk about all of this and it's just crazy. So yeah, I was surprised about the natural disaster situation. I'm into IT like you. My undergraduate was management information systems and we both like putting together computers and taking them apart and all that. So I share, but even I got hit and I think I know what I was doing. Well, I used a remote desktop, remote desktop protocol without any protection. And it came through that, that line that was kind of dumb anyway. So let's, let's back it up for the average mortal and where they're at. (laughs) I know, right? No pun intended. What data is important in a dental office that we need to protect and back up? Let's go step by step. Yeah. So, I mean, basic rule of thumb is anything that you can't afford to lose needs to be backed up and and protected. For most dentists, it's patient information. And one of the key things to keep in mind is that Office of Civil Rights, Health and Human Services has identified, again, no pun intended, 18 different identifiers of what qualifies as protected uh, patient health information, electronic protected health information. Everything from patient name, chart ID, uh, date of birth, phone number, address, you know, you know, a photo of their face, anything that would allow a third party to potentially identify who that is, is considered EPHI. And by HIPAA law, it has to be backed up. But of course, as I said, this from a common sense standpoint, if you can't afford to lose it, then you need to back it up. So for most offices, it's all their patient data. It might be uh, photos. It could be literally anything that that, that you just can't afford to lose, that if you lost it, you would, would be in trouble. So for most offices, that means everything. Everything in the practice management system. Yeah. The I remember, gosh, eight to 10 years ago, you were giving lectures. I don't know if you give this lecture anymore, but the paperless office, yep, but it's I pretty much, time. you still do, because I would yeah. think most practices have moved away mostly from that. They still have some paper, but you're seeing, yes, I have to back it up because we have at one level natural disasters and and so on that uh, could destroy the paper stuff. Uh, but we now have to back up the digital stuff. So like you said, we're taking x-rays, we're taking information, it's storing on the local drives. So tell me how backups work. So we have our practice management system, we have other software systems, they're all stored on a computer, okay? And these computers are linked together through a network. So we have that locally. Uh, What's next? So as I said, the, the key thing is to back up all the patient data. The challenge for a lot of practices is that ideally you want to have all that data in one place, which is the server. Uh, okay. Most offices, that's the only device that they're backing up. 
the reality is, is that a lot of practices don't have all their data in one place. Office manager might have some scanned EOBs on her desktop. You know, the dentist might have some patient photos on his desktop. So the first order of business is to identify where the data is. What we normally would recommend for an office is rather than storing it on all multiple computers, what we could do is create folders on the server and then make a shortcut from those folders to individual workstations. So the office manager would have one on her computer that says office manager, and the dentist might have one on his desktop that says you know, dentist. Save any information that you want to save into that folder. Because even though it looks like it's being saved to your desktop, it's actually being saved to the server. Um, there are HIPAA laws that say, number one, you have to encrypt data, which is a lot easier to do on a server than it is on a workstation. And that number two, you need to back up any data. Again, if it's all in one place, then you've that's half the battle there is making sure that you're actually backing up the information that you have. The, the real then issue becomes, well, how am I going to back it up? And am I going to do it so that it is easy to restore? And am I following all best practices uh, for security? As I, as I kind of alluded to, there are a number of HIPAA rules when it comes to backup. It has to be encrypted uh, for obvious reasons. One of the things that is difficult but not impossible for ransomware, a ransomware can easily hit non-encrypted data. It's much more of a challenge for it to hit encrypted data. So yes, we have seen instances where someone was hit with ransomware and the backup got hit as well. It's not as common if they have an encrypted backup. So we want to make sure we're following best practices for that. HIPAA also says it has to be uh, retrievable, which means off-site, and uh, you have to be able to audit and log the backup. It also says that you have to uh, verify it, which means you have to do test restores from time to time. And, that, and that's the deal for, a, I think, a lot of practices is that they... They're, they're backing up, but they haven't really done anything beyond that. They, they have some software that maybe when the backup's complete, sends them an email or it says it has a message on the screen that says, hey, the backup was successful, but they don't test it. They don't verify it, which besides being a law, you know, how do you know? I mean, how do you really know that the backup is working properly? And this is, you know, I, I thought about, is there a way for me to say this without sounding self-serving and I don't think there is and I apologize ahead of time for that but you know as an analogy you know, if you have a health issue you know you go and see a physician and if you have a legal problem you you hire an attorney I don't understand why so many dentists especially ones who really aren't IT savvy or don't have a good understanding of it why they want to handle backing up what is far and away the most critical asset they have in their entire business life, which is their data. You know, why not trust that to somebody who, who does this for a living and, and knows what they're doing? That being the case, I'm happy to give suggestions on how people should back it up. But as I said, you know, most people are going to be better off working with an IT company or a managed service provider, someone that can do the backups, that can monitor the backups on a daily basis that can restore the data if there's a problem. Because that's the issue for, for, as I said, for a lot of practices. It's not, are you backing up the data? Because almost every system that people use probably works. 
whether you're using an external hard drive or some cloud type of system or local computer, I mean, it's probably working. The question that I think a lot of practices need to ask themselves is if my server goes down for whatever reason, how long is it going to take me to get back up and running? Because as you mentioned, Alex, I mean, as offices are becoming more and more digital, more and more functions uh, you know, are on the computer, that means that when your server's down and your network's down, you're dead in the water. You can't take x-rays. You can't pull up patient information. You can't schedule. You have no idea who's coming in. Um, you, you just, you can't function. And the unfortunate reality for a lot of practices is that when it comes to restoring their backups, it's being measured in days. Ideally, wow. you want something where it's being measured in minutes. That, that's in a perfect world. We, for most of our offices, because of the amount of data they have, it's usually closer to an hour or two. But um, still, you, you don't want it to be multiple days of, of downtime because, you know, and people, you know, the, the reason a lot of people will come to us is that they say, hey, you know, I don't want to pay for a backup is cost. And it's not, in my mind, all that horrible of an expense. I mean, our typical practice may be 100 to 125 a month is typical for how much data they have for daily monitoring and free restores and free fixes of the backup. I and mean, that's all included in the monthly fee. But you compare that to, you know, a day of downtime for a lot of practices is what, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, you know, or more, two, three days of that. I mean, that's, it would take you 10 plus years of paying for backup to, to make up for, you know, just that few days of, of downtime. So um, for those reasons, we, we normally recommend that, that people, you know, have someone that knows what they're doing to help you with it at, at the very least. But uh, most of our clients obviously well, have us do it and we take over for it. It was impressive when you said, well, you have to check that the restores work and the backups are working periodically. It's almost like a fire drill. You have to prepare because as you were speaking, I pulled up my backup and guess what? It hasn't backed up in a few weeks. Yeah. Something got disconnected and it didn't work. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. Like, it's just nice to have that reminder. And then you're right. Is your restore system working? And I think this is not a tactical response. There are tactical aspects, but you have to have a big strategic view. For example, one might say, well, I'm just going to do everything online and just do cloud-based because then if anything goes down, I have the, the, the backup. But here's a problem. What if your internet goes down? Then you can't operate. So you have to make sure that that, that can go. And to you have better have a high-speed internet with the to transfer all those spot files so quickly. So I know what, what you recommend typically, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a hybrid approach. You have to right. have local systems so you have the speed and then you have the online systems to back up other data. Is that kind of yeah, well, your, so, your approach? Yeah, so, so we take a, a two-pronged approach to it. 99.99% of the restores that we do are from a local backup way faster. We've got the, the whole server there. What we recommend is what's called an image-based backup. The better way to describe it is a snapshot. We take a snapshot of the entire server, not just the, the data, the program files, the network settings. We create a virtual copy of that and put it onto another device. In theory, it can go onto an external hard drive. The challenge with that is that you need to move that over to another computer then when you go to restore it. So what we normally recommend is put it onto, say, a dedicated computer just for that. So 
you can do like a full blown server, like have, basically have a, 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 a second server in the office. That's usually not that cost effective for most people because servers are three, four thousand dollars. So what we would recommend is get like a, a just a normal Dell computer, put a large hard drive in there, three terabytes, four terabytes. So you can have multiple copies of the data, and we put that virtual copy of the server on there. Office calls us up. The server's gone down for whatever reason. We fire up that virtual copy. And as I said, that's just a matter of minutes. Once that virtual copy is up and running, as far as every other computer on the network is concerned, the server is up and running again. You can pull up your practice management software. You can pull up your digital x-rays. It's as if the server never went down. Of course, if it happens in the middle of the day, it's only as good as your most recent backup. We normally do the backups at night. So in theory, if your server goes down at the end of the day, you have the possibility of losing that day's worth of data. There's ways around that as well. But as you mentioned, that's not going to help you if there's a flood or a fire or theft. That's part of the reason why HIPAA, part of their regulations, is that the backup is retrievable, meaning off-site. In the past, and still we have some people to this day that still do uh, external hard drives that they take home with them. And that's, there's not a, a reason not to do it. You know, one of the thing, one of the beauties of having a device that's not connected to your network, we call it air gapped. You know, a ransomware can come in and hit the whole network, hit the backup. It can't hit an external hard drive that wasn't plugged into the computer at the time. So if you have something that's at home or offsite or whatever, you know, that will potentially help you. Most of the better backup programs out there won't back up corrupted data. So that's the fear that a lot of people have is like they say, hey, you know, what if I get hit with ransomware on my local backup? And then when I do the cloud backup, the, the cloud also gets hit with that virus. We haven't seen that. It doesn't mean it can't happen. It just means that it hasn't happened yet um, because of the fact that the backup software is smart enough to say, hey, this file is not the same as the file that it's supposed to be, like that I have in my, it actually compares, like anytime we do a backup, it's called an incremental backup, where it compares what's on your server versus what's up in the cloud. And if they're the same, then great, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do the backup. But if it notices something's wrong with that file, it's not going to actually back it up. So um, that, that's kind of the, the saving grace. But you definitely need to have something that's offsite. So that's why I, I'm a huge fan of cloud. Um, for the, from a dentist office standpoint, it just means it eliminates you from the equation. You know, dentists have more things to worry about. It's kind of nice, especially if you have an IT company handling it for you, that you go home and, and you're done. We certainly, you know, we would set up a system that anytime there's a failure, you would get an email, we get an email. My, we have a tech, I have a full-time technician. That all he does is backup. We have about 150 offices that we're handling, you know, backup specifically for that office. And the first thing he does when he comes in at six o'clock in the morning is to check the logs, see, you know, have any backups failed. And usually for those 150, we'll see eight to 10 failures. And usually it's because their internet was down or, you know, the backup got full or the server went offline for whatever reason. We fix the issues and, you know, we, and it usually runs perfectly the the next day. So, um, but yeah, you, you have to have that, that double layer of protection because, um, you want the speed restore from that local backup, but you know, for a true disaster, um, you want to make sure that you've got, got the data offsite so that you can restore from there. The other problem with doing an online only 
is, you know, it's not just if your internet goes down, but internet is, you know, sometimes it's just not as fast as we want it to be. And, you know, in the past, when people only had practice management data that might have been a few hundred megabytes of data, you know, it took us five, 10 minutes. I mean, it wasn't a big deal. Now, our typical office has 100, 200, 300 gigabytes of, of data between, you know, x-rays and cone beam and all this stuff. You know, you're, you're talking, even with fast speeds, you know, many, many hours, if not days, just to download that data. So um, for that reason, you know, as I said, you know, the local is always going to be our first line of defense. I love it. I love it, Dr. Levine. It's, uh, I see, again, there's so many layers to this. It's not a simple, just get this backup system. I mean, you really got to step back for a moment and see that, look, natural disaster, malware, there's so many areas that are looking to, what is that? Murphy's law. All right. Something's going to happen here. And so we have to protect against this. And I like your, what was that quote? Did you give it to me again about, what is it? An ounce of what? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. In this particular case, it might be worth like two tons of cure because, um, wow. Yeah. Dealing with malware, dealing with having to restore a backup is, it's always hit or miss. I mean, we set up systems for our clients that are, as foolproof as they can be, as secure as they can be, but with the newer ransomwares that are coming out that are zero day and, and you know, we don't have a way of dealing with them, um, you, you just don't know. And even with all the best precautions in the world, you know, nothing is 100% secure and 100% foolproof. So we want to have multiple layers there, but we want to ideally make sure that you never have to deal with that in the first place. You know, we talked about how to restore from, you know, ransomware. Well, the better approach is to never get ransomware in the first place, you know, having a good firewall in place and having all your software patched and having application whitelisting, antivirus software, and all the things that you should be doing. You want to protect yourself so that you never have to restore from a backup. Because uh, like I said, you know, backup restores, for the most part, they work the way they're supposed to. Uh, but we've had the occasional ones. I've been doing this for 20 plus years, and we've had a couple of here and there where it wasn't the restore that we hoped for. We were able to extract the data in other ways, but sometimes stuff happens and that you just, you have no way to, to easily recover from. So you need to make sure you're, you're covered. So tell me, how can the listeners learn more about what you do and how to protect themselves better? Um, the easiest way for them to do that is to go to my website, which is thedigitaldentist.com, T-H-E, digitaldentist.com. There's a lot of information on there. I've got a blog. I've got articles on there. Um, but the other thing they can do is there's a contact us form right on the, every page, especially on the, on the main page. You can fill out that form with your name, email address, phone number. My office manager will, uh, get an email with your information. She'll call you up. And there's a couple of ways we can handle it. Number one, I'm happy just to have a conversation with, with people. She'll set up a time for us to talk. Um, one of the things that we've always been recommending for offices is that it's hard for us to be able to come up with a plan for your individual practice unless we've diagnosed what's going on first. So we call it a security audit or a technical audit. There's different terms for it, but Basically, we would log in with your permission and gather information. Let's see what's going on with your server. There's a lot of things that we'd look at. Yes, we obviously want to look at your backup, 
But let's look at the prevention part of it as well. I want to take a look at your firewall. I want to look at your internet speed. I want to see what you're doing for antivirus software. You know, are you HIPAA compliant? Are you, is your software current and up to date? Uh, you know, do you have a do you have encryption in place? You know, all these things that would all be part of the evaluation. And then I can sit down with you and go over the results and just say, hey, here's what I found, and here's what I recommend, and here's your your options and hopefully come up with a solution that's going to work for you. So that there's plenty of ways to do that. So they can do that. If you'd rather just call us up, we have a toll-free number, which is 866-204-3398. I think it's either option three or extension 200 or whatever. Um, one of you will get you through to my office manager, Candice, and she'd be more than happy to schedule a, a call. For the, for the audit, we typically charge for that. Um, but obviously, uh, you and I have been friends for a very long time, Alex. Uh, you've been a big supporter of us and vice versa. Uh, we will waive that fee for any all-star dental academy or all-star podcast listeners. So uh, anyone that just mentions that they heard me on the podcast, uh, we'll, we'll do that at no charge. So uh, we're happy to do that. Yeah, my followers like free. Well, we definitely take a, take a look at The Digital Dentist and remember to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Get the episodes as they are released and share with your friends all this great content that we're doing together. And until next time, go out there and be an all-star. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com. 